sang it early on, but I want to sing again. My God is tremendous. I love this song. I love singing it with the congregation. So I want you to join with me as we sing it. My God is tremendous. When I'm in need, I call on the Lord. Oh, yes, and he hears me. Yes, he helps me. I Thank you. 
this morning. Maybe you want to say the atmosphere is different. Well, you create the atmosphere then. You be the atmosphere. We're here to worship God. You just be free in his presence this morning because he's here. So we don't have to be psyched up. We don't have to be pumped up. Our God is here and he's worthy of our worship. 
I want to sing, What a Mighty God I, We Serve. Uh, I believe it's... Uh, Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Oh, yes, what a mighty God we serve. Oh, angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. Let's sing that again. Oh, yes, what a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God. victory this morning. We have a prayer request for our brother Joe Waldner. He's been sick for several days with infected root canals and a lot of pain. Just want to ask the Lord would touch our brother Joe, faithful deacon many years. God would be with him. Brother Tom's going to come ask the blessing over the offering as well if the brothers would like to prepare for that. This is our last service and God's not done moving. If you still desire something from God this morning, just hang on to every word this morning. Enter in. Ignore who's around you. Ignore if your flesh is tired. We just have a couple hours here left, and we just want to put 100% in and get whatever God has for us this morning. Brother Tom, would you come, please? Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. How many have been enjoying the services? Amen. So appreciative to the Holy Spirit for what he's doing amongst us. Last night was a very special night. A number of the young people have come up and said, Brother Tom, we've never been in a service quite like that. I said, well, I'm a little bit older than you, and I've never been in a service quite like that. And I just pray, Lord, one more time, anoint your servant in a special way. 
Amen. We're gonna. We have a reputation here of squeezing people like lemons. And if there is a last drop, Brother Wayne, we're gonna squeeze you like a lemon. Is everybody in, in agreement here? Amen. Well, before we go to prayer, I want to greet our precious and dear pastor, Brother Biscal, Sister Biscal. We love them, and I know their heart would be to be with us this morning. We want to remember them as we've remembered Brother Biscal in prayer last night. I thought that was very special, Brother Ed. We send our greetings and all our love to you and Sister Ruth. Amen. And to the church in Cloverdale. Well, they stood at that altar just as long as we stood last night. They were rejoicing and and thanking God for what he's doing and rejoicing in the presence of the Lord. We want to thank uh, Brother Wayne for coming. Brother Wayne Lawson, he assists Brother Ray Erickson in Bluffton, Ohio. Brother Ray, is a, he is a soldier of the cross. He's a war horse, and I love him. He stood true all these years. His family, I love his family. They're jewels. And we just thank Brother Ray for, I say, can we say allowing Brother Wayne to come? But I'm, I know Brother Wayne loves Brother Erickson. I love Brother Erickson. So let's remember the church there in, in Bluffton, Ohio. They mean so very much to us. Amen. And so we're going to be taking up this morning our tithes and offerings before the Lord. We're just committing it to God. We know that God multiplies. You do what you do. God will do what he does so special. So there's no bondage. It's worship. And we're just thankful that we're able to give what we can give for the kingdom of God. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Before we do, please. We have some baptismal. We have three being baptized. Right after the church service. Amen. And if there's somebody here that God's dealing with, there is water. What doth hinder thee? Be baptized. And so God has dealt with three of our precious young people. And we're just so thankful to the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before you. Heaven and earth adores you. We want to say this morning, we adore you. We lift up that holy name of Jesus Christ. The one that we adore. This living word. This wonderful Christ that has come service after service. Taking our precious brethren as they ministered the word of the Lord. Brother David Meyer. We've got Brother Wayne Lawson. And you have used them mightily. Much prayer has been gone up before the throne of grace. And Lord, you have not disappointed us in any way. Lives have been changed. People have been delivered. Souls have been won for the kingdom. We want to say to God be the glory. Great things you have done. So this morning as we take up this offering, Lord, giving our tithes and offerings to you, we say, Lord God, would you just bless those that give, those that would want to give. But I pray, God, you'll break it and you'll multiply it for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Father, I just commit the service to you, the baptisms that will follow. I pray that the Holy Ghost and fire will come, Lord, and baptize them and use them and fill them for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats. 
What a mighty God. Oh, and what a mighty God we serve. Angels bowing. Time. What a mighty God. Oh, yes, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him, heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Kenzie Brider, Sister Victoria Harvey, do you guys want to come? this time we'll just have you come sing your special now are you ready for your special right yeah come on up we're not gonna have another song and after that we have one more special and we'll turn the service to our brother wayne and we do want to greet all those who've been visiting with us we've seen many visitors and some people that had never heard the message before this weekend and they got a dose my goodness and they were enjoying it i thought it was just fantastic how many of us can remember back to that first time when someone shone the light of the message on our way Praise God. Aren't you so thankful of all the people in the world to be shown the truth and be living in it? Amen. So God bless you if you're visiting with us this morning. We're very happy to have you here with us. i 
Burgess is going to come sing for us, and after that, maybe we'll just have one more song before we turn the service to our brother Wayne. I'm glad to have all these visitors with us. It's been a long time since some of us have seen visitors or even our brothers and sisters from Canada, so we're so thankful for this opportunity, for all those who helped make it possible. So God bless you. And I, Last night when we were under that anointing experience in that here, I was just like, God, go to the kitchen. Go to those wonderful brothers and sisters that are in the kitchen and send the same anointing there. We so appreciate those who've sacrificed and aren't, don't get to sit in the services like we do. But God bless you. We love you. We thank you. Amen. to find real happiness. 
happiness But if you've looked very long Then you know that it cannot be found Until you find the Lord And you know the power of His Spirit His sweet Holy Spirit He'll be your reason to live And He'll never, never, never I've been wanting to sing all of camp with you, and I think we have the lyrics in. Brother Anthony, if you could pull that up for us. Worship the Lord. We sang this about a month back, and such a powerful anointing, and that's why we're here. So why don't we just sing this together as we prepare to receive the word. Amen. God will not reject your prayer. Can we do it in A? I think. Yeah. You'll do fine. All right. <laughs> Those of us who sing it, we can sing it out. God will not reject your prayer. Praying makes you stronger. Oh, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, begging for bread or left to suffer. Have patience, just wait and see what God will do. When 
you lift up your hand and surrender, God will pull you through. Oh, worship, simply worship. If you are crying, worship. In your trials, worship. If you are hurting, worship. Nothing matters, worship. He will hear your praise. God goes before you, saying, let there be. He's healing your wounds and setting you free. Sending his angels fighting. Hallelujah, do you believe that? He's leading the way. Yes, he is the guide. Oh, trust in him. He will never fail. He'll walk with you along life's rugged trail. Just lift up your hands. This is your victory day. And give him the praise. Worship the Lord. Saints, worship the Worship the Lord. 
goes before you, saying, listen to these words. He's healing your wounds, and He's setting you free. Hallelujah, He's sending His angels, fighting from all sides. He is leading the way. I know He is the guide, so trust in Him. He will never fail, He will walk with you. Rugged trail, just lift up your hands. This is your victory day. Hallelujah. to serve the Lord. Amen. What a day. What a time. Amen. Uh, there's there's never been an hour quite like this one that we're living. I know that the uh, in the world we're living, there is outstanding circumstances. Uh, some of us that's living have never seen anything quite like what we're seeing. Amen. But you know, at the same hour that all of the confusion and all the troubles are flooding the earth, Amen. The Spirit of God is being poured out among His church. Amen. I, I really believe that this is an hour that the limits have been taken off of God. I believe you can go just as high as you want to go. I, I, after a little while, she's going to so break beyond the sound barrier. She's not going to come back again. Amen. What a, what a season to love the Lord. Amen. I want to thank you all. For the time, the fellowship, uh, for the, uh, for the pull upon the word of God. God bless you, uh, young people, families. Amen. It's, it's been a tremendous blessing to be able to speak to you. Amen. To be a part of your camp. Thank you for the invitation. Brother Tom, uh, Brother Michael, Brother and Brother Murphy, thank you all for the invitation. Amen. I want to say that we have so enjoyed sharing this with Brother David. Amen. Uh, in the same direction, building from the same quotes, same thoughts, the Holy Spirit blessing so wonderfully. And amen. And uh, we do want to again give our greetings to Brother Biscoe. It is uh, it's a real honor to be here and to speak to his people. Amen. To see the foundations that's been laid in the hearts. Amen. Uh, we do want to, um, if if I can, I know they've been thanked, but for me, I just want to thank you, ladies. Uh, for the food and everyone that was, I think it's probably one of the, one of the best meals I've ever had at a camp. Amen. Camps are not known for their meals. So, amen. But it's been a real blessing and we want to thank you and, and the staff and everyone that's made this possible. What a, what an hour to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. If we could just bow our hearts this morning for a word of prayer, 
Let's just speak to the Lord. Father, it is a Sunday morning. Lord, it's been many years ago, but in your timing, it was just yesterday before that, that there was a Sunday morning you come out of the grave. You visited with a couple of men walking on a road. And Lord, how that event that transpired in that day how it wrote a place where you could come into my generation and my time. That you would walk with us and fellowship with us. And Lord, you would open the word. You would give us understanding of your resurrection. And Lord, we would not see your corporal body in this moment of time. But we would see your resurrection by your sign. And Lord, it's such a validated and vindicated sign that we would know that you are still alive. Lord, I'm here today, Lord, to represent what I believe and what I have seen. Lord, I am a witness to that resurrection power. Lord, and I ask you this morning that you would give me voice. Lord, my physical body, my strength and my voice, would you restore it? But Father, beyond that, would you give me the voice, Lord, that would throw down every enemy spirit? Every lie, every spirit of doubt, Lord, that would rise against your word, I pray, God, that there would be a dominion in your word that would put every bit of that under our feet, O oh God. Now, Lord, today as we approach your word, we're asking you to come and take it, Lord. And Lord, one more meeting, one more service this morning to come into this meeting and speak directly to the need. Speak to the heart of these young people. Maybe some of them are here this morning. Lord, they have felt the anointing. They felt the power. But Lord, they want something residing in their soul. Lord, they want that power to leave this camp with them. And I, I pray it be sealed into them this very morning. I pray, Father, some of them maybe that haven't been baptized. May they obey you today. May they make up their mind, Lord, that if there is power in disobedience, then there has to be power in obeying your word. And I pray for your mercy upon them. Now, Lord, lead us in your word today as we commit these things into your hand. Lord, we are more than sure that you're a mighty God. We confess our need for you. We confess our need for you, Lord, in this meeting upon this platform. Father, not one good thing could we do or say, but we invite you and we give you all the glory and the honor. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And amen. And God bless you this morning. If you would have your Bibles, we would like to go into the word of the Lord. Amen. If we would go into the word of the Lord and let's, let's go to the book of Revelations, the third chapter. I want to read here from the third chapter and we'll read the 21st verse and the 22nd verse. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also have overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. Now he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Also in the book of Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, the thirteenth verse. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 13. 
we having the same spirit of faith? According as it is written, I believed. Therefore, I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. I want to speak to you a little bit today from these two texts of Scripture. I've heard, I believe, therefore I speak. Ask the Lord to bless His Word. There, You could be seated this morning. One thing that we have been blessed with in this generation is that we have seen the greatest exhibition of the omnipotence of God of any generation that has ever lived. Because it's happened in your generation sometimes. You think, I wished I would have lived in another day. Not realizing that you are possessing the greatest day that anyone has ever lived. When William Branham spoke these words, he said, I would rather live in this day than any other day where man has lived. Now, for someone else to say that, that's one thing. But for William Branham to say that, that's a complete different thing. You're talking about a man who by vision seen the Garden of Eden. A man who seen Calvary. A man who seen the baptism of Jesus. By vision, he visited many of the former ages And was shown by divine revelation what transpired in their ages. And then he looked on this age and said, I would rather live now than any other generation that ever was. Now that is powerful for my thinking. So if I, God was going to call me to preach the gospel in any age, I would rather be preaching the gospel today than in any age that has ever lived. If you're going to be a doctor, would it not be the greatest time to be a doctor now than any other age? Can you imagine having to bleed the president a pint to kill him, uh, cure him of a, of a, of a, of a, of a cold or of a flu? Amen. The, the ideas that doctors held or the ideas that scientists held only 600 years ago is so primitive to what we have now. Amen. That any scientist who is a true scientist would rather live right now than any other age. And any doctor would rather live now than any other age. Any preacher would rather live now than any other age. And as a bride of Christ, this is the greatest season in the history of the entire world. You you think, well, if I would have lived in the days of Elijah and Elisha, have you ever studied that uh, uh, the amount of miracles was done in the days of Elijah? Amen. If you ever realized that Elisha done a double portion, I think one of them wasn't eight and the other one 16 miracles. Amen. One day I was counting and I was, I was just going to go see what had been done in our generation. Well, let me, let me, let me just save your time. It's, it's, it's innumerable. You cannot count the miracles that has been done through the ministry of William Branham in this generation. Amen. I was going to go look at it, but only in the 1940s, I was picking up newspaper articles from right here in Canada, over in Saskatchewan. And they were saying that there was hundreds of thousands of healings and miracles that had took place right in the first two years of the ministry after the angel came unto the prophet. People said, well, Brother Wayne, I wished I would have lived in the days of Elijah. But this is the days of Elijah. Amen. When Jesus Christ has used the spirit of Elijah to manifest his resurrection power, that 
that is so far beyond anything that has ever happened that there should not be one ounce of doubt left in our heart. There should not be one ounce of doubt left in our mind. Let me just say this. If this message has not convinced you of the realities of Jesus Christ, then I'm sad to say you may be past convincing because I don't know how God could do more than what he has done in this message that we're now living in. The thing is that Satan's trying to cast a shadow upon it or he's trying to confuse you upon what God has done. But if you ever begin to focus your mind and you begin to focus on the things that God has did, all of a sudden you become you become in a reality that I'm living in a generation when God has released the greatest anointing that has ever hit the face of the earth. Amen. I know, I know that Jesus came in his day and that he was the fullness of the Godhead, but that was in one man. But what was in him has now been poured into the church of the living God. And it has become a many-membered body who has reached an unlimited faith with an unlimited God in an age of omnipotence. You you are just another human, but this is astronaut hour. This is astronaut time. And God has given us astronaut fuel to lift us out of the dimensions of Laodicea and out of doubts and of fears. Amen. I, I want you, surely you are just another human, but inside of you is a gene that was expressed in the age that you're living in. And God knew the age he was sending you in and he had the confidence in the seed that he was sending into this age to know that all hell was going to come, but there would be a believer that would reside in there despite everything the devil could do. So much, so much omnipotence. So much of the power of God. Until men have begun to mistake Brother Branham from Jesus Christ. It's written in the Bible, amen, that John himself tried to worship, amen, the angel that brought the revelation. Amen. It's it's actually happened in the last days that men have seen the ministry of Jesus Christ so real that they have mistaken the man for Jesus Christ. But Brother Branham says it so clearly in the northern ones of the end time. He said it wasn't, I wasn't the one that appeared down on the river. Y'all know this quote very well. I wasn't the one that appeared on the river. I'm not the one that performs these things or foretells these things. And they happen as perfect as they are. I'm only the one that's near when he does it. It wasn't, see, see, he sees, I'm the one where he near. I was only a voice that he used to say it. It wasn't what I knew. It's just what I surrendered myself to. Amen. Look what he's saying. It's what I surrendered myself to. Now, wait a minute. He was living in an age where omnipotence was being poured out. But prophet had to stand there and surrender himself to what was happening or there would have been no display of power from his life. But see, in the event of the presence of God, there is an exhibition of power. But for the power to be exhibited, somebody has to surrender to what's been sent into the age. He said he spoke through me, see. It was a manifestation of the Son of Man. The Bible said that Joel prophecy said the Spirit of the Lord shall be poured out in the last day. Is that right? Then the earth has been filled with the presence of the dynamic God. But it's up to you what you're going to surrender to. 
at the same hour that God has poured his spirit out, hell has been released. Amen. And the, and the, and the lid, as it were, has been taken off of hell and spirits have rolled into this age to, to make what we call a Satan's Eden. And Satan is the God of this Eden. And it's an Eden of confusion. And it's an Eden of lies. It's an Eden of misrepresentation. It becomes such a place where there's everybody's an authority. Everybody's a prophet. Everybody has inspiration. Everybody has a direction. They're trying to take somebody. But if, if all of these things are here, the Bible said in Matthew 24 that the, that they would come in the last days and enter Christ's spirit. And it would be so close to the elect. Amen. That it would deceive them if it were possible. Amen. If it were possible. But it was not possible. Amen. And it's not possible for the elect to be deceived. Do you see what it is? The earth is full of spirits. Amen. I think of the power of what Brother Branham says. He says, see, spirits come into the earth. In one place he said it like this. He said, but they are powerless until they can get into a person. Until they can operate through a person. Which brings me to another thought. The Holy Spirit covers the earth. But it's almost helpless until it gets into you and me. God is depending on you and I. The Holy Spirit is full. Earth is full of the Spirit of God. It's been poured out. But it cannot operate until it comes into us. We are human beings. See, that's where it operates. The Holy Ghost is here. Come on now, y'all know there's been entire uh, sections of the message that built their built their denominational thoughts, and and they preached He is here, and they preached He is here, Amen. He is here, but you know what that meant? It meant no healings. It meant no miracles. It meant no baptisms. It meant no communion. Amen. And they took a thought of that he is here and carried people off with that into some denominational thinking. Amen. But when a prophet said that he is here, he was saying that he is here, but he's not just in this room. Amen. But he's here in the form of the bride of Jesus Christ. And I know it's hard to understand how God could tabernacle in a human being. Amen. But that is the mystery of God in the last day that by the blood he can make a channel to come into the church of the living God. And today Jesus Christ is just as alive as he was that day on the road to Emmaus. And he is performing the works of God. He's not doing it just in the air. He's not here just in the rocks. But he's here in adopted sons and daughters of God. And the pillar of fire is behind the veil showing the power of God in these last days. Do you see what it is? The earth is full of the Spirit of God. Now the Antichrist Spirit is here. Amen. I'll not deny that. The Antichrist Spirit is here. Is that right? And the, and the prophet said it like this in the church's book. He said he has attempted destruction of God's people and the discrediting of God's word until he come to the time he's cast in the lake of fire. He fights it. He cannot stand it. He knows if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is... Now, if you like to read your church age book, three things. Remember that? Write them, write them right down in your church age. Just three things. What she is. You ever studied what the bride is? Just take a study. What is she? You'll find that she is Christ. You'll find she is Him. You'll find she is, she is the bride part of Jesus Christ. You'll find she's the oracle of God. You'll find she is the place of the display of the power of God. <laughs> What she is, I'm not going to spend a long time 
on that, what she is, what she stands for. Well, I, I think it's powerful because you need to know what you stand for. Most people knows what they stand against. I'm a little tired of only hearing people who know what they're against. I want to know what you're for. Amen. People build their whole lives. I'm against this and I'm against this. Amen. But what are you for? I tell you this. Amen. I tell you what I'm for. I'm for every child and every young person to get so filled with the Holy Ghost until this message becomes an absolute over your life and you walk like the bride and you talk like the bride and you act like the bride. Amen. Because you know what you're standing for. I stand for a new birth. I stand for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I stand for the message of the hour. I stand that God sent an Elijah in the last day. I stand for the fact that God can fill the tabernacle with his presence and blow out every devil and every power. I stand for the redeemed. I stand for God. I stand for truth. You said, preacher, what does it matter what I stand for? Because if you're going to fight against unbelievable odds, you'll never do it for what you're against. But the greatest battles in history that was done from a minority standing was because they were standing for something. I don't have time to go through it, but I'll tell you, Arnold, hey, right there in Switzerland, hey, amen, he was standing for his people, wasn't he? He was standing, that's what he was standing for. Are you hearing me? Hey, amen, he was standing for something, and that's why he could take on the entire Roman army, because he knew what he was standing for. And there's a bride in the last days when she recognizes what she's standing for. Then there's not enough devils. There's not enough doubt. There's not enough fear to keep that church from coming forward. She knows what she's standing for. Incredible courage comes from not standing against but for. I show it to you in one little simple story. Brother Bram said, me and that meanest man I ever knew was out in the woods hunting. And he said he had a little, a little, uh, a little cow, a little fawn call. And he said, I was, me and him was sitting there hunters. He said there was a doe laying out there in the right of way and she could see us in plain view. He said he started calling from that little call. He said, and that little woman stood up right in the middle of plain view to us. Amen. That, that converted the heart of old lizard eye Burke. Amen. That converted his heart. Why did she stand up? She wasn't standing against them hunters. She was standing up for that baby that she thought was there. She wasn't scared of a hunter's gun. She wasn't scared of men. It was an actual, natural attribute of her from Genesis 9. Animals fear human beings. It wasn't she wasn't scared of them hunters, but there was something in her that drove her fear down because she stood for something. And I'll tell you this morning, young people, find out what you're standing for. Fear's going to come. Troubles are going to come. But we're not just against somebody. We're not just against denominations. We are for the things of the Lord. When you stand out what you're for. Brother Bram said, of course, then learn to do the greater works. He said, if you can understand, you can do the greater works. In John 14, those greater works. Brother Bram said, of course, there's a greater meaning to greater works. How many knows Brother Bram taught a greater meaning to greater works. First time he said greater works, he said it means more of us. Is that right? Second time he come along and he said greater works. Somebody said we can't do greater works. Brother Bram said, oh yeah. He said when Jesus was here, he told his disciples, you'll do greater works. Somebody said, what's the greater works? Brother Bram said, they would impart eternal life by the preaching of the gospel. 
Amen. They will impart eternal life by the preaching of the gospel. Somebody said, you can't impart eternal life, Brother Branham. He said, a son of God can. Somebody that's full of the Holy Ghost. Come on. How did the first people ever come into the kingdom of God? Peter preached the gospel. And the word took the spirit of life. Oh, come on. You know I'm telling you the truth. Adam should have done it in the Garden of Eden. Adam should have brought spiritual multiplication by the word in the Garden of Eden. But because of the fall, amen, he couldn't do it. But after the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God returned to human beings. Amen. And Peter birthed 3,000 people by the preaching. Oh, come on, it's supposed to be spiritual multiplication. Who's going to multiply the millennium? But the man said, it'll be, amen, what the bride has brought forth. We'll go into the millennium. That's why we preach this message. I don't want to go by myself. Do you want to go to heaven by yourself? I heard Brother Bram the other day on tape talking about going beyond the curtain of time. And he said, I got beyond the curtain of time. And he tells about seeing a little girl. I'm ever here and tell about it. He said it was a girl that I had dated. He said I actually went to the funeral home and I visited her body in the funeral home. He said a clean Christian woman. I dated her. He said she was clean. She was a Christian girl. Ended up marrying somebody else. Brother Adam went his way. He said but when I was over there in that other place, he said I saw her come running up. Amen. Do you see what? It was a reality. Brother Adam wasn't over there by himself. There were millions that were coming because this message come. Do you recognize, amen, that you as a believer are in Purging internal life by the spreading of the message of the hour. My, amen. Do you see what's going on? Amen. She will be an invincible army if they get a true revelation of the two spirits. So one spirit trying to take the power out, another spirit putting the power in. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you this. Amen. And see, the devil is powerless. Unless you give him a place to work. Now I think that could go a long ways in our local assemblies. Could go a long ways in our families. Don't be the guy the devil works through. Don't be the sister the devil works through. Don't be the guy that carries rumors and gossip and troubles. And Amen. Don't be the guy that takes the power out of your friends. Don't be the guy, amen, that Satan is using to destroy influences and hurt hearts. Amen. You, you say, preacher, I can't hardly help myself. But I'll tell you what, I, I found out what a prophet said. He said, according to Matthew 16, the revelation that was given to Peter, Jesus said unto him, you bind on this earth and I'll bind in heaven. You loose on the earth, I'll loose it in heaven. He said then a binding power was given unto Peter. Now, if you go find out what that means, binding was, it meant something was trespassing and he had a right to bind him. In other words, somebody was making an illicit act. Amen. It was trespassing. It had a power to bind them. Do you know that the enemy spirit has no rights with you? Do you know the devil don't have any right to be in your life or on your property or in your heart? You are the bride of Jesus Christ. It's time for you to tell that devil, I am not that kind of a woman. You will not come and place seed in me. I am only here as a virgin bride to the word of God in this age. 
I'll tell you what, Brother Bram told us something powerful. I think it's powerful. He said we had the power to bind. And he said, see, amen, adoption authority gave us a checkbook authority. How many knows what a checkbook authority is? Well, the man said, what happened to the adoption? He says, as God gets a man trained until he would make the decisions the father would make. His word becomes the father's word. Amen. It's the father's voice just in another body. Amen. Now watch. He has an authority. Amen. If a, if a young man was a banker and, and he come up under his dad who owns the bank, uh, no father wants to have a great big bank and nobody to inherit it. Amen. So he trains somebody to take the kingdom. See, it's the Father's goodwill to give you the kingdom of God. Do you see what it is? He wants to give you the kingdom and possession. So he trains you to stay with the word of God. Now, that checkbook authority is, is if there is somebody working in your company. And they're making bad decisions. And they're stealing money out of the company. And they're writing checks that's not in the right direction. Then as a boss in that in that company, you have a right to hire and fire. His voice is the same as his daddy's voice. If he comes up and says, you're fired, you're fired. If he says, you're hired, you're hired. You say, what difference does that make to us? Well, you've got a checkbook authority this morning. It makes a difference who works in your kingdom. How many knows the kingdom of God is on the inside of you? And it's up to you who's working in there. It's up to you who's writing checks in there. It's up to you what is dealing with your heart. You can either hire that devil or you can fire that devil. Don't you say, well, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. He don't have the power like that. Satan does not have the power to make you do anything. You can turn that devil down and say, Satan, that's as far as you're going to go. I tell you, that devil don't have that kind of authority. He don't have that kind of power. You can hire him and you can fire him. Can I, can I employ you this morning to fire an old devil with me? Ain't it about time that you fired some devils? Ain't it about time that you fired some devils? I tell you what, let's pass this pink slip out this morning. Let's fire that devil of anxiety and depression. Let's fire that devil of lust and ungodliness. Let's fire that devil this morning and say, Satan, that stubborn spirit ain't working in me no more. That disobedient spirit is not working on. I give you unemployment this morning. You're fired, Satan. You know what Satan's going to come back and say? But I work for your mama. And I work for your daddy. And I work for your granddaddy. That's something I hate is a, is a family spirit. I hear people brag all the time uh, how stubborn they are. And they say, well, it's just a family spirit. Well, it's not a family to be proud of. I've seen churches split over stubborn, stubborn spirits. Oh, the color of the carpet and the way the pews and something missing out because one guy's got an attitude and another guy's what? It's just a stubborn spirit. Well, let me tell you, you are to fire that devil. You are to say, Satan, you're fired. God has sent his word. I'll obey the word of God. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about tempers. I'm talking about tempers that run through family lines. And because you've seen your daddy act that way, or you've seen your mom, I'm not just talking to young people. Amen. Some of you, some of you older people, seen your parents act like that. And you've seen your great parents. And you're passing that thing down the line. But don't you think it's about time to come to an end? Don't you think that somebody ought to put a stop to it? Somebody ought to fire that devil. Listen to me. Your, your granddad didn't live in this age. 
Your great grandfather didn't live in this age. They had to put up with those spirits. But you're living in another age. You're living in another time. And we don't have to lay down to no devil. This is the age of the bride. It's time to fire him. I've worked for your family. I'm an indentured servant. We've been in your family. We've been in your family's home. We work years and years. Well, this is not no more. This is where it stops. Come on, Satan's powerless unless he gets a body. Where's it going to stop then? If it don't stop with you, where is it going to stop? When you get a family and you have babies, are you going to pass it on? Are you going to just let it keep going and going? But are you going to stand up for something? Are you going to stand up for the true nature? You're going to stand up for the Word of God. Amen. This is your hour to make a stand for the Word of God. We're not here to fight against. We're here to stand for what's right. Satan is powerless until he gets somebody to work in. Y'all want me to prove it to you? Go right there in the Bible. When Jesus went to Legion, who was in the tombs. Remember that? Legion had that man controlled. Legion had him in the, out there in the, in the tombs. He couldn't help himself. He was a daddy. Amen. He was a, he was a believer. He, he was a daddy. He was somebody who probably worshiped in those days. But he had told a little lie here. And he had a little drink here. And he covered it up with another little lie. And he got out of fellowship for a couple of years. And after a while, devil on top of devil started piling up on his life. And, and the Pharisees couldn't help him. And the doctrine couldn't help him. Nothing could help him. So they put him out in the tombs. Oh, but then Jesus came. But Jesus came. When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, all devils become subject. You know what Brother Ram said? He said that devil rose up in legion and headed towards Jesus and saw the small frame. He saw the humble man. The Bible said it was nothing to look at. Is that right? Is that, is that what he said? Nothing comely? Nothing beautiful? Well, if you're looking for beauty, you're looking in the wrong place. If you want to go to scripturally, now scripturally, the tree of life, amen, was an ugly tree. And the tree of knowledge was a beautiful tree. Isaiah 53 said it wasn't nothing to look at. And he was a tree of life. So that devil looked at his outward appearance and thought, I'll whip this man like I whipped all the other men. And he'd come running to Jesus to whip him, to subdue him, to place him under his feet. But when he got to Jesus... I was reading Brother Branham the other day. I, I tell you what, I like to shout a hole in the floor. He, he said he got to Jesus and looked into his eyes. He said, Legion looked up into them eyes and said, how did you get in there? He looked in them human eyes and he saw the one that had threw him out of heaven was standing in that little man. The one that kicked the devil out of heaven was in that little man. How did you get in there? I tell you, it's a mystery to the devil how Christ got in Jesus. And it's still a mystery to the devil how Christ gets into the bride. But it happens by a new birth. It happens by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That same God who was in heaven kicked that devil out. Uh, he said one little word. Go. <laughs> Amen. I tell you what, when you know where you're standing, you don't have to have a bunch of words. You just got to believe what you speak. And he said, go. And that devil had to leave. 
You know what Brother Bram said about that? He said them devils asked to get in them swine. And, go, and, 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 and the minute they got in them swines, they wouldn't drown themselves. Does that tell you anything? You let a devil come into your life and he'll kill you. And he'll destroy your life. But, but he needs a temple. So, so watch this now. You, you know, we know the son of David, right? We know the son of David is the king of Israel. And we know that there's a millennium coming. How many knows that? Let's establish this in the front. Amen. That there's a thousand year reign with Christ. Where Jesus Christ in his corporal body was set upon the throne of David. And there will be a bride rule with him for a thousand years. Brother Bram said that thousand years is significant to prove to the devil that the curse had been taken off of the church. And taken off of the earth. So you will not die for a thousand years. But the condition that was there. How many knows what made it the millennium? Because the devil was bound a thousand years. How was he bound? In Revelation, the 20th chapter, it said he was bound by chains. Brother Branham read it. He said, chains of circumstance. He said, what kind of circumstance bound that devil? He said, he didn't have anybody to work through. Because the first resurrection, the Bible said, the rest of the dead live not for a thousand years. And them that take part of the first resurrection are the blessed and the holy. So Brother Man said nobody's in that first resurrection except the blessed. I don't have time to preach it. It's a good study. But study blessed through the Bible. Blessed is those, right? Amen. Blessed are those. The character of deity is the Greek for blessed. They are blessed in that they have the same gene life. And Satan cannot attribute sin unto Jesus Christ. He can put it on your first birth. But I've had another birth. And that birth eradicated what the devil had done to me. And set me back in the pattern as a son of God. See then, then if you could bind that Satan by circumstance this morning, that would be peace in your life. That would be peace in the church. Can I tell you this? Amen. If every person on this planet would get Jesus in their heart, that would be peace on the earth. You could fire the police. You could shut down the, the, the drinking joints. Because the devil wouldn't have no place. So if you get rid of that devil, he has no place. See, it makes him powerless. See, you see, he meets the one that was before. It's your turn to fire, see. Amen. To just give Satan a place. He can't work no more. To tell him, you can't work here no more. You see, somebody's got to actually break the end of this. Somebody's got to settle it down. Amen. I tell you this, the devil has had a plan according to the message. In Isaiah 14, he wrote that he wanted to ascend under the throne of God. How many knows that? That's where the devil's been going the whole time. Wherever you saw him, he's been going to the throne. That's his purpose is to go to the throne. Do you know who Brother Bam said the throne was? He said, you are the throne of God. Three thrones. Come on now. Amen. You are a throne of God. That's where Satan wants to be this morning. More than anything, he wants to defile the second Eve as he did the first Eve. God let that devil get in the Garden of Eden. God let that devil get into the church back there in Israel. God let it get into back there in Jerusalem. But when it comes to this bride, he said, that's as far as you're going. Amen. When it comes to this bride, God stopped that 
devil right there in his tracks. Let me tell you this morning, I believe the seventh star is shining over the church to stop the devil in his tracks this morning and say to you, I give you power to bind serpents. I give you power to speak the word of God. Now you can't listen to the devil. Listen, that devil, hey man, he'll do everything he can. But you know what the prophet said? He said, you're going to have to resist that devil. There's a lot of lies going on, friends. You're going to have to resist that devil. You're going to have to turn him down. Brother man said, no matter what he's trying to tell you, you don't listen to him. Your ears are deaf to anything that he would say. To hear, see, to listen to what the Spirit says to the church. In other words, there's a lot of lies, but you can't listen to him. Do you know, according to Scripture, that you would share a throne with Jesus in the last day? And it doesn't say set in his throne. It says uh, set, set on. It sets in. So Brother Bram said what it means is to share the dominion of Jesus Christ. As Paul said, we would reign in this life. Not just when we get in the millennium do we need healing. Do we need miracles? Do we need the power of God? But while we're here in this life, in the middle of Satan's Eden, there is an overcomer to the Laodicean age. Now that overcomer of the Laodiceans actually belongs to a certain group. How many knows you've got a seat in Revelation 3 that nobody else could sit in? Now that's the Bible. You're not just showing up here now. You're ordained of God, predestinated to be here in this season. Now, if you want to see it in the Bible, they came to Jesus. And and the mother of the sons of thunder, John and Zebedee, remember Zebedee's children. And he comes to them and the mother says to them, I would that my sons would sit on your left and your right. And Jesus said unto her, they can drink of my cup. They can be baptized with my baptism. But to sit on my left and right. That is reserved for them that have been granted by my Father. Brother Bram said, which was the overcomer of the Laodicean age. So the grant had been given when Jesus was on the earth. His disciples tried to take your seat. And Jesus said, no, you can't have this seat. These seats are reserved for the bride in the last day who's going to overcome every death. I want you to hear me. This is not an accident you're here. You're not going to accidentally with this devil. But it's been prophesied of the pride of Jesus Christ that she is an overcomer. I'm not just talking about a group. I'm talking about believers, individuals overcoming the devil, granted to sit in the throne of God to share a dominion. Do you see then your your ordination? You're actually chosen. You know how different you set in a seat if you're chosen to sit there? You know how differently you sit there? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go hunting with you just for a second. I'm gonna, I guess, okay, we'll go hunt in a second. When I was a kid, I had a good friend, and we, we never owned any property, but we had a few places we tried to hunt. People let us hunt. Well, I, as growing up, I found the best place to kill a deer was behind the no trespassing sign. I wasn't a Christian. Hey man, but that, to me, that no trespassing sign was a scarecrow, and I was sure the best berries were behind it. So I learned all about sneaking in, and sitting real quiet and then sneaking out. And if you hear somebody coming, getting up and running. Learned all about that stuff being where you wasn't supposed to be. And you wanted to be there, but you wasn't supposed to be there. Good things was in there, but you wasn't supposed to be in there. 
So I remember one time I had a good friend. His grandma owned this beautiful property out in some of the most prime deer woods that there was in our area. And me and him was talking one morning. And I said, man, I wish I had a good place to go sit on a buck this morning. He said, oh, man, i got a stand hung on my grandma's place. He said, man, it's pristine. I don't, I'm not going to hunt it. I've got another one over there. You'll have the whole field to yourself. He's, and he said, but now you're going to have a hard time finding it being you ain't never been there. So he got up real extra early in the morning and we waited out in the dark. Amen. Water way out there and he, and he brought me under this tree, brother David. And he said, now right there is your stand right there. And I said, are you sure? He said, yeah, see now this fence right here. He said, this is the divider between the two lands. He said, so here's the fence and there's your stand. And he stood under the tree till I got in the stand. And when I got set in good, hey man, I turned my light off. There he went. I heard him out going across there. About daylight, I, I, I think my buddy's coming back. I see a flashlight coming across there, just a little light glow. And I can hear. And I'm thinking, I hope I'm in the right place. Guy gets under my, gets under my stand. He looks up there. He said, he said, hey buddy. He said, you're in my stand. I said, I am. He said, yeah. I said, well, I said, well, I I hate to tell you this. Amen. But the man that owns the stand put me in this place. The guy that put the stand up was the guy that put me in this place. So I was able to talk to him differently than if I had just been wandering through the woods and got in that place. Listen, if God puts you in a place, it's different than you wanting to be in a place. And you're wanting to be the bride. You're desiring to be the bride. But when you found out that it wasn't just me desiring to be, but the desire that I have was put in there from Almighty God, then I didn't get saved by my own desire. I was saved by the desire of God. Then you have a place where you're able to stand against the devil. Now, now according to John 17, we were chosen before the foundation of the world. Jesus actually said that. He said, Oh, Father, glorify with me and thyself the glory I had before the world was. In Ephesians 1, Paul said, You have been chosen before the foundation of the world. But the baptized him two together in questions and answers in 53. And he said, When God created me, William Branham, I was before the foundation of the world. Being made my spirit, I was conscious of anything as far as I know of. I don't believe you're getting it, but wait a minute. Jesus told the disciples that he knew them. Before the foundation of the world. Paul said that we were chose before the foundation of the world. Now John 17, Ephesians 1. Brother Bram said, now there was some part of me, Ormond Neville, or some of the rest of you here, that was in Christ before the world ever began. How many can put their name in that? You were, you were in Christ before the world began. And Brother Bram says, here is my analysis to that. I love prophetic analysis. Here's my analysis to that. I think the people today that are possessed with the spirit or the spirit, he said, is a part of those angelic beings. The spirits which rotated off of God that never fell in the beginning and resisted the devil's lie in heaven. Then there is something in you that rotated off of God before the world began that's in you that resisted the lie in the beginning is now in you resisting the devil. So when Paul said to you, resist the devil, he was only opening up the anointing that was already to exist in your life. See, the Spirit of God dwells in the church. Brother Branham said, see, in the beginning, he knew these spirits, that they would and which would not. He said, there you are. God knew which way you would go. 
You see, God knew what spirit you would take up with. I think it's powerful. There's two great spirits released in the last day. The Antichrist spirit and the spirit of God. And before you were here, God knew what you would open your heart to believe. But the man says, why Christ speak? He said, then the spirit has one message. It means to speak the word and go forward. Don't cry. There's the word. Speak it and go forward. That's thus saith the Lord. That's the message of the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? Amen. Listen, now there's something in you to believe God's word. Brother Bram said, the spirit is saying to you, the spirit is speaking to you, a message to speak the word of God and go forward. You see, this is the thing in Isaiah 59. How many knows that the same covenant where the Bible says in Isaiah 59, them that fear the name of the Lord. He said, watch now when the enemy comes like a flood. The Spirit of God will raise the standard. Brother Bram said, which was the measure of Christ in the church. Then, then what's, what's happening? The Redeemer comes into Zion. But I want you to watch the next portion of this. He says, but as for me, this is my covenant with him, saith the Lord, that my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, saith the Lord, from hence more and forevermore. Amen. In the message, Patmos vision, Brother Bram said, you'll speak the word and I will perform it. That is my covenant with you and it will never fail. Then the word has commanded the church, amen, to actually speak the word of God and move forward over every adversary, over every devil. You have been commanded of the Lord to take this land by the sword. See, now as a prophet is speaking, Many times you, you hear this quoted, and I, as a young man, heard it a lot, but it was never in a good measure. Uh, I was accused of, of making too much out of the opening of the Word several times. And they would say to them that those in the bride only do as will, and no man can make them do otherwise. They have, thus saith the Lord, or keep still. Amen. And, 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 and some people use that in a way that keeps the bride from doing anything because they think they're waiting on thus saith the Lord. But if you'll read this appropriately, thus saith the Lord comes to a prophet. And we have had a prophet. So the church this morning is not looking for the word of God. They should be speaking the word of God. Do you see that there is a message that has come to the church? Amen. The move is on for the bride. That's thus saith the Lord. You said, preacher, what does that mean? Then that means to me. That a direct revelation from God, a direct word from God, is a vision. Then the church has a vision to move forward in the age we're living. We're not waiting for thus saith the Lord. We're not waiting for a great man to rise up and to wave a wand over us. Amen. Do you see where you're standing in this hour? Is to speak what has been given and go forward into the battle. Because you are more than a conqueror in Christ. Amen. That has made you that way. Nay, in all things. That's a big thing, isn't it? In all things. How many things are you conquerors in this morning? In all things. You say it with me? How many things? You are more conquered in all things. In Philippians 4, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. 
I can do all things. I am more than a conqueror over all things. There is a thousand voices telling you that's not true. But every one of them is a lie. If there is a million voices saying that's not true, every one of them is a lie. My Bible said, let every man's word be a lie. That the word of God stands true. So when the earth were in, there's a million voices that's went out. And they said that's not true. And there is no God. And there is no bride. And there is no authority. And there is no anointing. There is no truth. But there is a bride who will not listen to one word that has been spoken outside of thus saith the Lord. But that thus saith the Lord has been devoured into her being. She's heard it. She's believed it. And now she's speaking that word because this word must be spoken. That's the power of God is to speak the word over every situation, over every mountain, over every trial, over every situation. Prophesy, prophet. Prophesy, bride. We already have the message. You know John couldn't touch the book in Revelations 5. He couldn't touch the book in Revelations 5. But in Revelations 10 it was opened up and... And the angel holding the book said to John, come here and take it. Can't can't touch it in one part, but commanded to take it in another part. And we are living in the generation where God has commanded the church to take the book. That's your commission, to take the book and to prophesy the book. Preach the message. If we're going to help this generation, preach the message. If we're going to help our families, preach the message. We don't want to preach denomination, ideas, and and doctrines of man, and every ism and tradition. We must preach the pure word of God. As in this generation, we have received not just a portion of the word, but the purity of the Holy Ghost as we turn to the church. The perfect word has come back to the church to prophesy. (laughs) Amen. To think about this. (laughs) Amen. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Has been given back to the church. Now, lies, amen, you can't keep from coming. I appreciate a prophet. And he taught us that our mind is the devil's playground. He taught us our mind is the battleground between God and the devil, didn't he? And he said, you can't keep thoughts from coming. So Satan is sending thoughts into this age. And some points you have to be able to discern between your thoughts, God's thoughts, and the devil's thoughts. And as far as I'm concerned, if it's not God's thoughts, it's the devil's thoughts. No matter where it's coming from. You remember Brother Bram talking about an old farmer went out in his yard and he was standing by a tree. Remember that? And these old scarecrows, these crows start flying through the air and they start nesting in this tree. And the farmer's sitting there watching them land in the tree. And he says to him, he says, runs in the house, the farmer gets his shotgun and he comes back out. And the fellow said, what are you doing? He said, well, he said, them's my trees. He said, and I can't keep them birds from flying through here. He said, but I can keep them from nesting here. Amen. So he took that shotgun, amen, and blew them birds. And the ones that didn't get hit got scared they would get hit. And they got out of the trees. Well, them trees is your mind. And that shotgun was the word of God. But the bride, listen to me, has now received, thus saith the Lord. How many knows what Brother Bram said, thus saith the Lord was? He said, it is an atom bomb. 
So we're not shooting at this devil with a shotgun. We're not shooting at this devil with a 22. We now have atomic warfare. Amen. You have ICBM missiles hanging in the roof of your mouth. And if you would just prophesy against that devil this morning, the powers of God is here to destroy every devil and every power. Listen to me. The words you're speaking are not your words. They're the words of a prophet. So there's a power behind these words. The power of God is behind these words. Heaven is behind these words. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. All heaven is behind the message of the hour. This message is powerful. This message is true. This message ain't just a good idea. It's the power of God to destroy every devil, to tear down every influence. If you'll start listening to this message, you'll climb into realms that you've never understood possible. Somebody said, well, Brother Wayne, we broke into atomic warfare. That's the greatest there is. Brother Bram said an atom bomb is not the most powerful weapon. He said a believer in contact with his maker is the most powerful weapon. This message has put you in contact with God originally. My goodness. I'll tell you what we're talking about. We're talking about a God that, according to Romans, amen, that Abraham would call things that which not as though they were. Now, sometimes we speak things that are not as though they are. And things that are, we act like they are not. So people want to think that we're troubled. I'm not troubled. I'm obeying the word of God. Listen, there's a huge difference in lying and confessing. Amen. When I prophesy in something, I'm not lying. I'm confessing what the word of God has to say about the situation. And there is a God that can back it up. Now, when, when I, when I'm, when I'm saying like this, Abraham confessed that he was a father when he was old and past age. He confessed that he would have a baby with Sarah when her body was barren. But he was making a confession based on an experience or a contact with Elohim. Oh, I wish I had the voice of a thousand angels right now. You ever read Joshua chapter 1 and read what the scripture says that Moses told Joshua to take the book of the law and meditate on it. What did he say? Day and night, didn't he? You know another thing he said? He said, let it not depart out of thy mouth. Amen. Now, the words of Joshua was going to become the words of Moses. Now, I just, I don't, maybe, maybe just in saying this, Maybe you don't understand, but the entire country of Israel was meditating on the words of Moses. What kind of words were those? That those people built a tent to store them words in. They to meditate because them was not the words of Moses. Now you go back and read Genesis 1 and you read about creation and you read about the Bible and how the, the heavens were parted and the waters come and how the, the, the animals were created. You read all that. And in, a, in just the first glance, you think that's when the Bible started. That's when the Bible was written. But the Bible was not written until Moses contacted God in the book of Exodus. Exodus, Moses met somebody in Exodus chapter 3. And he said, I am God that's come down out of heaven. 
I've come down out of heaven. Brother Bram said, see, that was the pillar of fire or the same one that Abraham had met. Watch him introduce himself. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Moses was meeting the God that had met with Abraham. And from there, Moses wrote the scriptures. Amen. Now, Brother Bram said there was no written Bible until that time. How many knows there was no written Bible? So all the men you read about in the Old Testament, amen, Abraham and, 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 and all the Job and all the, but men said that wasn't written till later. Amen. Now watch this because you find out that Abraham, amen, was there in the story, but Moses never talked to Abraham. Moses never talked to those men. Moses wrote the scripture. Now, some people would say, well, there was a bunch of stories. They had stories, didn't they? They would have had oral stories that were passed down. And really, some of them hadn't that far from Adam, was it? But do you all recognize that Moses was after the flood? So most of the living witnesses, amen, of the garden had passed away in that flood. And all that was left was Noah and his family. And from that, no telling what kind of stories had come out of what happened in the garden and and how that we hunted and what we did. Amen. There was all kinds of stories starting to show up about what happened in the beginning. Amen. But when Moses began to write the word, how many knows what he said? He said, don't you add one word and don't you take one word from what I've said. Now, where did he get that authority? He was saying to them, you've got stories, you've got ideas, you've got things that you've seen and things you believe. He said, but my revelation is superior to every story. It's superior to every idea that you've heard. And he wrote the book and told them to meditate therein day and night. And in that book they were meditating on was a story of how Abraham had met God. How many ever read it? When when Elohim come to Abraham, remember that? And Elohim spoke to him. Y'all remember in the scripture where, where Abraham had received a, a name change and Sarah had received a name change. And then the Bible records in Genesis 18 that Elohim comes to him and he says to him, Abraham, remember that? He says to him, Abraham, where is thy wife, Sarah? Now remember their names wasn't Abraham, it's Abram and Sarah. But something had been changed because they had had an experience with God. And now... This one that's coming to them is is identifying by the changed name, by the name of fatherhood. And he's speaking unto Abraham. Now watch this. When he begins to speak to him, Abraham calls him Lord. Now, he come all the way out of Babylon just to believe in one God. So who was talking to him? It was God that was talking to him. But the man said he was vindicated by believing that in the next verse. When he said to him, where's thy wife, Sarah? He said, there was the vindication that it was God talking to them. According to Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the word is a discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. Is that right? So watch Brother Random now. Years later, he'll discern somebody and he'll say, your name is so-and-so. And this is happening in your life. And then he'll say, now, he'll say, now, who did he touch? He said he touched the high priest. He's tying together that the word is a discerner and he is a high priest that can be touched. He does it one time and he tells this story to a lady. He tells her life and he said, now why did I do that? Not to make a show. He said to fulfill Hebrews, the fourth chapter. That you could be, that you could be vindicated in believing his word. What's the word coming from God? Now, Moses wrote about this story. Now, I happen to be that guy to stop and think about this. But Moses wrote all about this story. But he never talked to Abraham. 
So how did Moses know what happened in the time of Abraham? He was talking to the same one that had been there with Abraham and was predicting what would happen in the future. So when Abraham received the revelation, it was a revelation from Elohim. When Moses wrote the Bible, he was writing what Elohim said. And then Paul met the same one and wrote the New Testament and said, you say what I said. Is that right? That same Elohim has visited the last days. And Brother Branham said, you say what I have said because it was the words of Elohim. It was not the words of a man. It was Elohim that was speaking to the church. Then if we would take up what Elohim said, amen, we'll get the benefit of what Elohim did. That's why that Abraham could look and call things that were not as though they were. Because he knew exactly who it was that talked to him. There's a lot of voices. There's a lot of voices going out. But there must be a voice that is sins above all other voices. It is a voice of truth. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you this. The scriptures tells us this. That in the last days that God would reveal to the church in Revelations 10 by the opening of seven thunders. That would come an open book to the church in the last days. Been a lot of lies told about the seven thunders. Been a lot of sermons preached in falsehood about the seven thunders. But a prophet makes it clear when he said the thunder is the voice of God. The thunder is the voice of God. In other words, when you get seven thunders going, what is it? It's God, Elohim, telling you what the mystery of the Bible is concerning the man that wrote it. If you're listening to the Baptist church, you're hearing what their man said it means. And if you're listening to the Presbyterians, you're hearing what their man says it is. And people tell me all the time, so will y'all follow a man? Well, tell me what church you belong to. If you learn to the Bible, what about Joseph Smith? What about John Campbell? Come on now. Every one of them has a founder. And every one of them founders studied their way to get the influence of the people. Amen. But this church, amen, has the foundation of Elohim himself that came to a man named William Branham. And Brother Branham would come out in the first seal would teach you something. He would say, I was in the back room. He said, and I was about to walk out here and teach that the white horse rider was Christ. He said, but he stopped me in the back room. And it was 180 degrees from what I thought it was. Do you see? We're not following the ideas of a man named William Branham. We are following the words of Elohim. That's why we speak it as the word. That's why we meditate it on it as the word. It is the spoken word. The original seed that was given back to the church. I can't help it, brethren. I just happen to believe that if this bride's going to take a rapture, she's got to have an incorruptible word. I happen to believe that Paul said this corruptible will put on incorruption. And let me ask you, how's it going to happen? Amen. How are you going to get anything uncorrupted in this age? It'll have to come directly from God. It would have to come directly from God. And he gave it to a prophet that gave it to the church. And now there's a five-fold ministry that's not preaching ideas of man. They're not preaching religions and falsehoods. They are standing under thus saith the Lord. And the same angel of the covenant that was standing with with William Branham. Brother Branham said, that angel is always with the message. What is it? It's a voice of God. It's moving down into the church. You have become the voice you heard. Come on, you listen to a bunch of lies from the world, you become what they, but you become what they say. 
That's why the kids are dressing the way they're dressing. That's why Hollywood has so much influence. Because people believe Hollywood over this message. If a prophet taught you to wear a dress, Hollywood says something different, Hollywood's lying. If they say that's fashionable, they're lying. It's fashionable in hell. But up in heaven, a prophet come back and said, I've seen them girls. And they had dresses. And they had long hair. And them young men. You see what he was doing? He was showing you a vision. And somebody here is going to reflect what is there. William Branham said, you are representations of the sixth dimension. We are not representing a Hollywood movie star. We are not representing a rock and roll movie. But we are the sons and daughters of God that are here to become the display of the life of Jesus Christ in the age that we're living in. This is the season of an open book. This is the season of a bride prophesying. Because she has been illuminated by the word of God. According to Revelations 18, an angel comes down out of heaven. You love to, you ever read it? Revelations 18, just after the unveiling, amen, of the great harlot system, there comes one to introduce the bride. And the Bible said a light, an angel of light comes out of heaven and lights the earth with his glory. He lights the earth with his glory. Now come on, somebody's got to reflect that light. Y'all ever seen a picture of outer space? I know it's a little warm. I appreciate y'all bearing with me. Hey, man, listen. Y'all ever seen a picture of the outer space? You ever seen how dark it is out there? The same sunlight that's out here is the same sunlight up there. You know why you see light here? There's dust particles. And those dust particles are reflecting the light that is coming to the age. If there is no reflection, there is no light. So if God sends a message, there has to be somebody to reflect that message. And the bride has become the living reality to the words of Elohim in the age we're living in. So we walk like bride, we look like bride, we act like bride, and not ashamed of it. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul said that he would, that your eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. (laughs) I love this. The eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. If you had your eyes open, would you understand who you really are? You would come to a reality of the dominion of Christ because your eyes would become open. Now let me say something to you. This is the the age that God sent an eye to us. If a light is coming, what good is a body without an eye? And Jesus said, if your eye be single, your whole body would be full of light. If you single your life down to just believing this word, your whole world would be full of light. If this becomes the only voice you're listening to, your life will become full of light. Your heart will be filled with joy. Amen. Because see, you as a believer are following something that Satan see, has no actual rights. Lies. The idea is a man has no rights to be upon you. Now, when we look at this today, amen, I'm going to skip ahead a little here for your sakes. Amen. When you look at where we're standing today, we're standing in an age where so many lies have come. People don't even know what to believe. (laughs) But the Bible said that the spirit of truth should come in the last days. Do y'all believe that? The spirit of truth would come. You know what Brother Bram teaches us? The spirit of truth is the Holy Ghost. Do you know, amen, that if you if you go listen to the message, and I think it's powerful myself speaking to you, above all people speaking this sermon here, the spirit of truth, it almost sounds like a testimony service. The spirit of truth sermon sounds like a testimony service. 
And all Brother Branham is doing basically is testifying of hunting trips. And one of those hunting trips, Reverend Ed Biscoe was on with him. Remember? Now, y'all know the story, so I'm going for a point, not a story. Amen. You, you, Brother Biscoe, the guy that you sat under, your pastor, your leader, was with the prophet on a trip. And remember, I, I, I've heard it from Brother Biscoe, from Brother Southwick, and I've heard it from Brother Branham. And from Brother Branham's side of it, he said, I told the brethren about a vision and how we were going to go up there and kill the grizzly and the caribou. And he said, they said to me, Brother Branham, it might be the wrong place because there's no animals that color up there where we're going. Y'all remember that? Amen. And Brother Branham said, I don't believe it is, but they thought maybe it could be the wrong place. And then he said, he said, he asked them, do any of you, when they got there, he said, do any of you have a green checkered shirt? And Brother Branham said, of course, Brother Biscoe said, no, Brother Branham, nobody has a green checkered shirt. So now it's the wrong people. It's the wrong place. It's the wrong time. It's the wrong season. This vision cannot happen in this season of time. But listen, the spirit of truth had given the vision for that season, for that time, for those people. And because it was the truth, it come to pass anyhow. Now, if you go back and, and hear Brother Branham's, uh, Brother, Brother Biscoe's side of it, he said the journey, he said the whole vision transpired about six hours. Well, I don't know if you've ever put it together, but that walk with Jesus in Luke 24 was six hours. Amen. And Brother, Brother Branham teaches us they didn't recognize what was going on in that six hours. But in the evening of that day, in the evening, they recognized who had been with them the whole time. Come on, church. You've read the visions. You've heard Brother Bisco tell it. You've heard Brother, Brother Branham tell it. He said, we got up there, no green shirt, no caribou that color, no grizzly bear to be seen. But when we got up there, he said, we went up on a panoramic and we looked out there and there laid that big old caribou laying out there on a glacier. So Brother Branham said, wait a minute, there's the animal. So this is the place. So he looked around to see the green shirt. And there Brother Biscoe was wearing a green checkered shirt. So now we have the right people. Now we have the right place. Oh, church of the living God. Think about it a minute. I asked Brother Biscoe. Now he's put it on tape. But we were in Germany sitting on the couch at Gerd Rodewald's office. And I said, Brother Biscoe, I preached a lot about that vision. I said, but I got a question. I want to know where that green shirt come from. He said, well, Brother Wayne, he said, actually, what happened, Sister Ruth had mended it and had put it in my bag because I wasn't aware that it was in there because I had told her to throw it away. And then he expressed to me, I was not happy to know it was in there. In the middle of a vision, and he wasn't happy. In the middle, he was feeling human emotion. He was feeling trouble. I hope you're listening to me. But he was living a vision and experiencing. They were hot. They were sweating. They were tired. They were exhausted. But they were in the right place. And they were the right people. I said, Brother Ed, how'd you figure out you had that shirt? He said, well, I fell down and got wet. He said, and I got real cold. He said, so I went back to my duffel and was digging for a dry shirt. He wasn't looking for a green checkered shirt. He was looking for a dry shirt. But there was a green checkered shirt in the bag. Now, I can't help it, but it just it just went all over me. Because Brother Bisco didn't know he was in possession of what a prophet told him he had. But when the right time come, he got to digging in the message and found that 
he was in possession of exactly what a prophet said that he had. Let me tell you something right here. The prophet of God said, you are in possession of thus saith the Lord. There will be a bride in the last day who is wearing the message of the hour. This is the right place. You are the right people. This is the right season. You might not know what you have. But if you will start digging, you'll find you have everything that you need for a rapture. It's already in the message. It's not coming, church. It's already here. This is, this is deep to me personally. Brother Branham found the shirt. And he didn't cast it aside and say, I'll look for another one. I'll look for another quote. I'll look for another scripture. But he wore it like a man. He put the shirt on. And he said, yes, this is me. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is the season. Listen to me. Ed Biscoe has withstood devils for years. Liars. Accusers. Every kind of devil. Well, I might as well say what's on my heart. Is that okay? But he didn't stand there to stand against somebody. He was standing there to stand for a message. So this generation would receive the word of God in his purity. I don't hardly know of another man that was with Brother Branham that stayed in the message and brought it forward. I don't mean that mean, but some of them died before our times. Some of them did. But, but Brother Bisco preserved this message. Brother Bisco printed this message. Brother Bisco preached this message. A man who is rich in his own rights, by his own business. He didn't have to preach. He didn't have to do it. But God had a church that needed a man of God that would believe this prophet in the such a way that he would influence men and women to believe. He put the shirt on, brother. And he wore it just like a prophet said he would. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Brother Biscoe put his shirt on. What about you? Don't you think it's about time to quit looking for an example and be one? Don't you think it's time to quit looking for a leader and be one? Don't you think it's time to quit looking for a great man to stand up and preach the message? It's time to be that man. This is your season. This is your generation. If this message continues, it'll be because you believe it. It'll be because you speak it. Somebody's going to carry the flame. Somebody's going to carry the word. I say, God, let me carry this message. Let me preach it as long as I've got a voice. You know why Brother Bisco had that green shirt? Because the truth said he would have it. The spirit of truth said he would have it. That's why that caribou was laying there. Because the spirit of truth said he'd be there. They went up there and killed that caribou. Now, I'll probably draw a little more from this story than maybe somebody should. But it inspired me. And I'll tell you what really inspired me is old Bud Southwick went up there with Brother Branham and was helping carry a caribou off of the mountain. And it wasn't light. How many of you ever carried a trophy? You ever, you ever packed a trophy out by... Hey, man, it's one thing to pack the meat. It's another thing to pack the trophy. And Brother Southwick helped Brother Branham carry a trophy of a spoken word off of a mountain. And it got heavy. And Brother Southwick, I'm sure, tried to carry it. But there were times that he'd have to say, here, Brother Branham, 
You carried a little while. And you said, why would you see that? I'll tell you why I see in that. I see this point. There are some things in this message I can't explain. There are some things Brother, Brother Bradham spoke. I ain't got there yet. You said, what do you mean? I mean, I believe it. But my understanding maybe ain't caught it yet. As people say, well, Brother Bram was wrong here and Brother Bram was wrong here. You're just telling me you ain't got high enough yet. Because one thing, he ain't wrong. Another thing is, if you get high enough, you'll see why he said it. But when you can't explain it, you just give it back to the prophet. They said, why does Brother Bram say it here? And why did Brother Bram say it here? And why did he say this here? And I said, well, I don't know. Ask him. I ain't the Bible answer, man. I don't have to answer every question to every devil that rises up. Listen to me. I don't have to answer every list of questions this bunch of unbelievers come up with. It has nothing to do with me. Can I preach? One of these backslidden pastors here a while back got a bunch of deacons together and gave them a list of questions about the message. Well, if you don't know that's a tactic, I'm telling you. That is a tactic of the devil to put unbelief in your heart. Because here's the approach. Go answer these questions for me and help me. Because there's some people having a hard time believing the message. And if you just help me answer these questions, then we can help them. Well, what they've done is they dug till they found questions they know there's no real answer to. So it puts an unbelief in your heart about what a prophet said. But one of the deacons sitting in that meeting said a very famous thing. And you should write it down and keep it. When he looked at them questions, he looked at that pastor and he handed them back. You know what he said? He said, them's your questions. I believe the message. It's time to give it back to the devil. Just hand this question. I don't know. I don't understand. I believe this message. I don't have to understand every word. I'm just here wearing a checkered shirt. I'm just a man who believes that God has sent a message in this age. I may be dumber than two before, but I'm here to back the word of God in the age that was spoken in. Brother brother Wayne, I don't understand this and I don't understand that. But probably we don't either. So just give it back to Brother Branham and say, well, when we get there, Brother Branham, explain why he said that. He may have said that to cut some unbelievers out among from you. But you'll never cut a believer out by it. Because Peter had that same question put to him. And he said, Lord, I don't know. He had the same question they all had. He said, Lord, I don't know. But where would I go? Where would you go anyhow? Back to some confusion? Back to some denomination? Back to that hell hole? Amen. That's lied to you your whole life? Amen. But we have received a word that has come down out of heaven, which is the truth, church. It's the truth, church. It's the message of the hour. Let me, let me assure you young people something. I've listened to tapes for 25 years now. And I, I guarantee you, people's all the time talking about tape listening churches. I mean, I, I challenge you. I listen to more ch- <laughs> I guarantee you I listen to more tapes than they do. You said, what do you mean by that? I mean, I listen to a lot of tapes. And I listen to a lot of prayer lines. And you know something I've never heard in one prayer line of Brother Branham's? I've never heard him discern something. And then somebody say, that's wrong, Brother Branham. I've heard a lot of things on the tape, but I never heard one of them say, that's wrong, Brother Branham. Not one. Now, can I just put something out to you? A woman at the well heard the Messiah sign one time. What'd she say? Thou art a prophet. Philip heard it one time and said, thou art the king of Israel. Peter heard it one time and he said, thou art the son of God. 
But the same sign that was shown unto the Jew and the Samaritan was to be shown unto the Gentile in the last day. You didn't receive one time. My, my fleshly sister, I called her one day while I was studying some of these thoughts. I said, honey, I want a favor from you to help me prepare for a sermon. She said, what is it? I said, I want you to go through the message and I wanted you to count every discernment Brother Branham does. I want every one of them. So for days, she'd call me, what about this? And I said, yeah, I want it. I want every one of them. She has them numbered per book. And I I forget the exact count, but it was over 8,300 that's recorded on tape of a prophet telling somebody what was going on in their life. And not one time out of 8,000 times did they say it was wrong. Because it's not wrong. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth, church. It's the truth. Brother Southwood coming off of that. Now, six hours in fulfillment. And it's getting evening time. (laughs) It's getting evening time. And brother said, brother Bud could see the camp. And and brother Branham had said, before we get to camp, we'll get a grizzly. He can see camp. He can see we're out of daylight. And the Bible, brother, excuse me, the prophet said that there is going to be a trophy bride. I can see the end from here. The evening has come. The lights are being turned off. And a prophet said there would be a word bride in this generation. Brother Southwick. Brother Bram said, he actually says to him, I heard Brother Southwick this morning telling it on tape. And he said, well, I was kind of doubting it myself. Well, when Brother Branham asked him, he didn't admit up to it, did he? Brother Bram said, Bud was looking. said, Brother Bram, I thought there's a grizzly bear coming. He said, well, Bud, he said, you know, he said, the Lord said he would. He said, are you doubting me, Bud? He said, oh, no, I'm not doubting you, Brother Bram. It been a little hard, though, because he could see the end. He was a hunter. Everything in his mental faculty told him Brother Bram probably had missed it a little. Think about this a minute. Evening time, something you're looking to appear, and you're wondering where it's going to come from because you can see everything from where you're sitting. <laughs> and brother, brother Southwick said, he said, all of a sudden, brother Bram says to me, said, brother, what's that up on the hill there? What's that up there on the hill there? Brother Bud said, brother Bram knew what it was. He said, I looked up there and said, well, it ain't my old milk cow, is it, brother Branham? <laughs> Are you hearing me? You're not just some old milk cow. You're not just some old church that happened along. You are a prophesied word bride that's been put in a vision for the last day. You are in a position for a miracle. Stay in line, church. This prophet has seen the bride in a preview. Where's it coming from? Brother Bud, ask Brother Random, where's it coming from? He said, Bud, he's the same Jehovah Jireh. Out of that little short grass, that great big grizzly bear rose up because it was the manifested word of a vision spoken by a prophet. And there's a bride rising up today right out of you, right out of your 16 elements. I mean, we're sitting here looking at you and they're saying, where's the bride? Where's the bride? But you're going to have to put on the vision of a prophet and look at this church in a different way. You've got to quit looking at it from a carnal way. And see what a prophet said about it. 
Oh yeah, so they have to leave the roots of the barrel and they go down there and they get to the end. And Brother Bram says, he told me an 18 year old boy would have a tape measure. Remember that? And they pull that tape measure. He said, finally Blaine put his hands up there. He said, exact same hands. He said, the tape measure went up there. And he said, I heard a voice say, it's 42 inches. It's 42 inches. Listen, if you're a false prophet, if you're going to be a false prophet, Brother Murphy, you're going to leave off a detail like that. If you're going to be a false prophet, you ain't going to tell about green checkered shirts. You're not going to tell about 42 inches. He didn't have to tell it. He could have just said it was a caribou. But he told a detail. Amen. To show you that one out of a gazillion guesses couldn't get that. But God gave it to him by direct revelation to tell a church the same one that said there was 42. Said there's a rapture. Said there's a pride. And there ain't nothing going to stop this church. There ain't nothing going to stop this bride. Can I have some liberty? A little liberty? You guys give me a little liberty? Why 42 inches anyhow? <laughs> oh, that's just me, but I thought it was powerful. Go to Matthew, the first chapter, and see if Jesus didn't say there's 42 generations. Count them. Count them in Matthew chapter 1. 42 generations. There's only 41. There's only 41. Go count them. Amen. He said 42. There's only 41. That was a 42nd generation somewhere. You say, where is that 42nd generation? It's sitting right here. Who shall declare his seed? And who shall be the generation of the Lord? This is the dissension of Almighty God in the form of the bride of Jesus Christ. Just as Christ descended through the lineage of Rahab and Tamar, this is he coming to the earth. So has he in the last days come into the earth in the form of the bride of Jesus Christ. And here he is this morning, a presence in the bride. I don't have time to prove all that, but we can do it later if you want. Details, why? He wants you to know the truth. He's wanting you to know the exact truth. Do you see what that prophet did? He prophesied of exact truth because it was Elohim. It was Elohim that was speaking. And it's Elohim that's here. Can our musicians come this morning? It was Elohim that's prophesied over this church. It's Elohim that prophesied over your lives. Listen, you, 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 you can only speak what you hear. You can only speak what you hear. How could prophet, how could Brother Brown speak something he didn't have a vision of? He only spoke it because he heard it. I was preaching down in Arkansas some time ago. Met an apostolic lady. She's up in her 70s. I was sitting around talking with her. I said, where are you from, sis? She said, well, I grew up in the apostolics. I said, oh, really? What part, what part of the country are you from? She said, I'm from Carlsbad, New Mexico. I said, Carlsbad? And I turned to the pastor there, Brother Matt, and I said, hey, this lady is from the town of the place where the Branham preaches the message as a man here turned on the light. She heard me mention the name Brother Branham. She said, oh, I was in his meetings. I said, you were? I said, do tell. She said, that's five-year-old. She said, I will never forget those meetings. She said, I was sitting near the front row, and there was a young girl who was about 18. 
Said, I knew her. She was a childhood friend, family friend. Couldn't speak or hear one word. Said, she come up into the prayer line. Said, Brother Branham walked up and began to pray for her. Said, he walked up, put his hands on her ears and began to pray. And when he began to pray, he said, all of a sudden, he moves the mic from his lips to hers and whispers in her ear. And she said, you can rarely hear Brother Branham say, say, Mama. And he said, she said, listen, I'll never forget this as long as I live. She said, that girl who had never spoken 18 years. She says, she said it was so weird. She says, Mama. She didn't knock it. She said, it was odd. Mama. Now listen to me. Brother Branham put the mic up to her and said, say, Mama. Now, why would he do that? Brother Bram said, because he didn't carry around a hearing test. If you go back and study what Brother Bram says, he said, I don't carry around a hearing test. He said, so if I pray with somebody with deaf ears, he said, I have no, I have no way to tell if they can hear unless they can speak. He said, because the same nerve that's connected to your hearing is connected to your speaking. He said, so if God heals the hearing, you'll be able to speak. <laughs> I hope you're hearing me. The reason men can't quote this message is because they need a healing in their hearing. If they ever get a healing in their hearing, they would easily speak what the prophet said. (laughs) Because he spoke to her. But whether or not she could hear was when she spoke it. I thought it was interesting that the very word he used was mama. (laughs) Y'all want to say it with me? Let's finish it. It's me. Are you looking in the mirror yet? Mama, it's me. Keep focusing. You're wearing the checkered shirt and the vision. You're carrying the caribou. You're holding the tape. You're hearing the voice. It's 42 inches. You're walking off going, oh, what a God. You're standing in the platform preaching. You're in a congregation hollering amen. Listen. This little girl went home. And about two weeks later, she couldn't say a word. The woman said to me, she said, we never could understand how she went back to not hearing and speaking. She said, do you know the mystery behind that? I said, I do. She said, well, I said, do you know of anything that happened? She said, yeah. She said her parents didn't believe her. He said her parents told her, you have been faking her whole life that you can't hear and speak. And you know what she done? She let them beat that out of her and having received a miracle from God. Do you know Brother Brown said it'll last as long as your confession? Don't you let no devil rob your confession. Don't you let no devil come and get it. Now I'm telling you for a reason. You've had experiences this weekend. You've had contact with a mighty God. You've received faith this weekend. But let me give you a, let me give yourself a prophet taught us a law of 72 hours. In three days that devil's coming back. If he waits three days after this meeting, if it waits that long, Satan will come back and say that was just emotion. He'll come back and say there was nothing to it. 
And if you listen to that devil, you will lose what God has been giving you in this meeting. But you need to become a Shamgar. You need to pick up an Oxnard and you need to knock that devil back to the hell he come out of. Satan, we will not give up our confession. So, Brother Wayne, what, what, what difference does confessions make? I was in a, I was in a meeting one day and I was sitting over here about where Brother Murphy is. We'd come to the end of a service and a prayer line formed in our little church on Ridge. And we had a sister there that got saved, had backslid for 25 years, had come back to the Lord, and had had a stroke. And she was paralyzed in half of her body. Sitting about where you are, right back there in the middle of the service. And in the prayer line, Brother Jerry, there was the prayer line form. So being I was from the church, pastor wasn't there that night. I got her that morning. I got up and came to the platform to receive the prayer request. And my sister, Dina Nelson, got up and came down through there. When she came up through there, she was dragging. You've you seen it. She's dragging her leg like this and holding her arm. She come all the way up there. She come standing here and I anointed with oil. She said, Brother Wayne, would you pray for me? I said, yes, ma'am, I will. I laid my hand on her and I prayed over her exactly what the scripture said to do. And when I get done, I gave her the same instructions that a prophet gave every person he ever prayed for. Go confess your healing. She looks up at me and she says, Brother Lawson, she says, I cannot go confess that. I have two daughters. One of them's an RN. And every time that I confess a healing, they get on to me and tell me I'm lying. I said, sis, listen to me. That's not lying. That's confessing. You go home and confess your healing. It's the only hope you have. Doctors can't help you. It's your only hope. So that night, we come back for a Sunday evening service. I'm sitting in here, come to the end of the service. Brother Murphy, she gets up. She comes back and she's dragging that arm. Leg just like this. Comes all the way back up to the front. And, and I reached it. I was going to pray for her again because I believe in prayer. I came up there and I said, Sister Dina, what would you want? I was holding a lollipop mic just like this. And she said, Brother Wayne, I've come up here to testify to this church tonight that God healed me this morning. I said, all right. And I said, you want a mic? She said, yeah. So I handed her the mic. And when she went to take the mic, she took that paralyzed hand and took that mic with these eyes I saw the legs straighten up brother you talk about dancing you talk about dancing amen she took off dancing across the front of that she was dancing back and forth amen what brought that was the confession of the word of God you might be paralyzed in your in your lives but start confessing this message start confessing I'm the pride start confessing I'm the church of the living God start confessing and if you confess it long enough you'll begin to believe it your eyes will come open your legs will return your faith will be restored now if you don't think God does miracles you got the wrong preacher Right in my house, my, my, my son, Zachariah, got married to a lovely young lady named Anna, Anna Carter from Brother Paula Fontaine. Some of you might know her. Wasn't long after they were married, they decided they want to have a, a child, which would be my first grandchild. And I was happy for the I want to, my, my, my goal in life is to have 
a pile of grandkids hanging around the house. That, that's like my ultimate goal. Seriously. So I was so happy to hear the news. And then she, expecting we all was rejoicing, lost the baby. That was a rough day. A little while later, they worked up the nerve to try again. She got expecting, lost the baby. Went to the doctors. They said, well, we're not sure what's really wrong. Some of her people around her began to say, well, there's a, there's a lineage that we're from. And some of them is not able to bear children because of certain diseases strike their body. And they, 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 they're not going to be able to have them. So her and Zachariah were, were, were in labor, wondering, praying, asking God. Well, about this same season, Brother Erickson had Ron Spencer to come for our October meetings. And it may have been May. I don't remember. We had him twice that year. And in the end of the service, we were having a prayer line. And, and when Brother Ron started praying, he asked me to join him. And I come and stood there with him. And while we were praying for people, all of a sudden, Zachariah and Anna come on my heart. And I said, Lord, I want to see them have that baby. I want to see them have that baby. Lord, if you just let them come in this prayer line. It gave me a little comfort. And all of a sudden, in that same moment, Zachariah pops up, gets Anna, comes right down there, stands into the prayer line. Brother Ron goes to pray for him, puts his hand on Anna, begins to pray, and steps back and looks at her. He said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you'll have that baby. That's pretty bold. So we rocked around almost a year. No baby. I went and preached for Brother, Brother Spencer in February, the end of February. While I was there, I was preaching, come along, and I said, I just want to testify to y'all that I'm a grandpa. They're like, you're a grandpa? I said, yeah, I'm a grandpa. It's online if you want to go listen to it. I said, I don't have a pregnancy test, but I sure got some faith. And my faith says I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to have a grandbaby. God said I could have it. And Brother Spencer sitting on the road behind me. And you can hear him scream out. That's Thus saith the Lord. You're going to have that baby. Woo. That's pretty That's pretty bold. Well, he told me later. He said, well, I knew. I already seen a vision of it. <laughs> well, that, that explains. So the time rocked around a little later. And all of a sudden one day I come home. And Anna... And my wife are crying like a couple little kids. And I think, oh, Lord, what's happened now? So I go outside and I'm walking around and I'm saying, Lord, you promised me that baby. You, 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 I don't think them kids could go through another disappointment. You promised that baby. And I come back in there and they got a little card for me. And they hand me the card and I opened it up. And it's the pregnancy test. <laughs> it's positive. We're about to have a baby. Listen, let me tell you, you talk about about rejoicing. But wait, you know, there's nine months. There's there's time. So we we wait, we wait, and finally, finally we were able to hold, hold that baby. Little Evelyn. God gave us that little baby. Now, we have the picture. Yeah, you have it? Amen. Show me show me the one where Brother Ron's dedicating her. This is there's the one with Brother Ron's holding her. That's Zachariah and Anna and little Evelyn. Amen. Brother Ron's dedicating a child that the Lord let him have a vision of. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? Now, now the next picture there. Now, she's a little bit older in there. Ain't she pretty? Yeah. Uh, that one wasn't needed. But I want to show y'all baby pictures. 
He said, Brother Wayne, what are you doing? I'm showing you that this message is real. I was preaching in a meeting one time over in David Burris's, and the, the young man's a pastor now. Amen. His wife, Sister Stephanie, they were sitting in the meeting, and I was preaching right along. And I was preaching all of a sudden, that inspiration comes on me, and I point out at Sister Stephanie, and I said, Listen, God, change your body if He needs to. God changed Mary. God changed Hannah. God gave those babies. God's able to do whatever to cause something to happen. Amen. You can have that baby if you can believe it. I didn't even know she's praying for a baby. Ten months later, she comes to Arkansas, walks in the church. She said, here, Brother Wayne's that baby. I said, I didn't even know you were, were wanting a baby. She said, do you not remember pointing me out and, and telling me that God would give me the desires of my heart? If I, could? I said, no, I don't even remember it. Because, see, God can speak to a man. God can speak to a woman when the speaker don't even know what is being asked for. But God remains to be God. Let me tell you something. He's still God. He's still moving. Let me tell you something this morning, church. You're a blessed people. This message is true. And it remains true. And it's going to take you in a rapture. Don't you let go of it. Don't you let some lying spirit come along and minimize it or devalue it. You obey it. You believe it. You set it in your heart. And it will guide you into the change of your body. And one of these days you'll end up in a millennium. Because of this word you're following today. God bless you friends. If you stand to your feet with us tonight. This morning. I appreciate you taking time and giving me liberty. I hope I've not been excessively too long. He's still God this morning. Why don't we bow our hearts to Him? It's the truth now. The Spirit of truth has come. It's moving through this building this morning. This building is full right now of truth. Lies are coming from other directions. And it's up, to, it's up to you who you're going to believe. It's up to you what you're going to surrender to. I wonder this morning, will there be somebody? So, brother, I'm ready to surrender my entire being. God bless you, son. God bless you. I'm ready to surrender it. I'm going to obey it. I'm going to walk with it. I'm going to give my everything to it. Maybe you've never been baptized. They're just missing to have a baptism today. Why don't you surrender your life? Why don't you repent this morning and say, Lord, I'm going to give my life. I'm going to go get in that baptism pool. I'm going to display my belief. I'm going to let the whole world know. Maybe you're sitting here this morning with a need in your body. As we go into prayer, let's just begin to believe. Heavenly Father, Lord, it's warm in this building. Your church has been patient. But I pray this morning, Father, as you move through this building, as your anointing, as it strikes hearts, I ask you just now, Lord, you would help them surrender to you. Lord, it's the greatest decision they'll ever make in their life. Let this word, this answer become their king. 
I pray this morning, Father, if there be any sick among us, may you touch their body. I pray, Father, if there be a spirit this morning working in their life, a spirit of doubt, may you, may you eradicate it. May you destroy it right here today. Now, Father, I ask you, take this, these meetings, take these messages, Lord, and let them be for your glory. I pray, Father, you stop the mouth of every accuser. I pray, Father, you stop the mouth of every critic. And let this word, let this, let this meeting be to the glory of God. Father, we love you and we thank you. We appreciate your presence. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we commit these meetings. We commit this service into thine hands. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, saints. <laughs> would you come, Brother Tom? I would love to sing with you, but I, I can't sing. But I want you to know I love you. Brother Tom, I'm a little wet. It's okay, but I want you to know I love you. How many loves Brother Tom? You appreciate it? God bless you, friends. take this word and put it on your lips I'll also give a testimony brother Wayne just a couple of years ago we had a sister within a church it was Mother's Day Mother's Day took the subject on the token and the prophet promised us our children I said why don't you mothers just stand up and claim your children in the name of the Lord Jesus and Sister Grace and Brother Mucci never even had a child. They've been praying for a child. She was the first sister that stood within the church. She said, I'm going to have a child. I believe it's Mother's Day. And I'm going to take God at his word. And she put it on her lips. And you know the rest of the story. God gave her her child. She's a darling little baby. Now. That was Sister Grace. You've heard much word today and through the meetings. What are you going to put on your lips? What are you going to claim today? Brother Ethan, what are we going to say? Delivered. Saved. Filled with God. What's going to be on your lips? You that stood last night, you can't let it just be a memory now. You've got to let it be a living reality. And say, I, that was last night. No, that's today. What I asked, yes, last night, Sister Esther, you stomped that devil. You stomped it until it's not even on the soles of your feet. You've heard enough word to pack you into the very presence of God. Now we're going to leave this tent and say, I got to prove I'm one in a million. I got a groove, I'm not a close 
to rise into. It's the way that I can show the world that Jesus Christ is true. And it's a life to live, a testimony trust young people that you can put this scripture down because it will now testify of all the meetings you heard let me let me read it for you according to it is written I believe and therefore I have spoken we've also believe and therefore we speak It's not to the preacher now. It's not to the ministry. It's not for the deacons. It's for you. I want you to speak what God's done for you this weekend. You keep speaking it, speaking it, speaking it, speaking it, speaking it. Because if you speak it, Brother Bram said, if you speak it, it will cause the high priest to move and your body will become subject to what you speak. 
And so I want you to speak this morning. I've heard the word. I believe the word. I put it on my lips. And I will never be the same. And I've walked with Christ in this glorious unveiling. Forget just coming to church. I'm just a church member. I'm just a church member. I just sit here and I'm just a church member. Preach it, Brother Peter Ivanenko. Please preach it. Brother, get that thing right off you. Say, that's a man of God that's going to speak the word of God this morning. And I'm going to take it. I'm going to absorb it. I'm going to confess it. And I'm not going to be a lukewarm believer. I've changed. This camp's changed me forever. Don't let the Satan play with your mind. You play with his mind. I like what Brother Donnie Reagan said years ago. Brother Obed, when you get up, wake up and your eyeballs flutter, you just say, okay, devil, I'm getting out of bed right now. You're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say to you young people. Amen. We haven't played church this weekend. God has spoken to me. I'm a different person. And I'm going to put you on the run. I got to prove I'm one in a million. It's been a blessed time. Has it not? Has it not? I really feel, I really feel. I, I saw the saints in Cloverdale. They were at the altar when you were at the altar. They were rejoicing when you were rejoicing. They didn't leave until we left. I love this body. I love the saints here. I love the saints home. As we said last night, we are one body in Christ. And God has given us a special time here south of the 49th. But I want you to remember us north of the 49th. I want to thank all the sisters and everyone that has made this meeting possible. And so many, if you start naming, as we all know over the years, we're going into our 30-something camp. But I want to know, you to know, Ethan, it's worth it all just to see you. It's worth it all for just one. And I want you to know that you can say, Brother Tom, I'm that one. Show the elders, I'm that one. And it was worth coming to camp, and I am that one. I want to thank Brother David Meyer who sacrificed to come to this camp. God sovereignly opened the door. You say, well, Brother David is here. Well, it is a miracle of miracles that God brought Brother David Meyer here. And I want to give God the glory. We'll never forget it. When you look at your shoe in the morning, think of Brother David. When you think of that electrical thing, think of Brother David. He's deposited a lot within our hearts. And we thank you from the depths of our hearts. Brother David, please take our greetings and love to your family and to the assembly. Brother Wayne, what can we say with Brother Wayne? He puts everything on the table every night. I look at him and I'm going, my, 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 my. Where does he draw that strength from? I say, he draws it from the Lord himself. 
Amen. We thank God for him. We thank God for you for being at count. Because without you, we'd have no count. Everyone that's traveled, Brother Reuben, God bless you all that have come. We thank God for your lives and what he's doing. I believe, Brother Michael, you're going to close this part. Oh, those are terrible words. Close. My goodness. What a time we've had, huh? Like Brother Tom says, I looked at Brother the Brothers preaching this week. Brother Wayne, Brother David, Murphy, Brother Dad here. And my goodness, I feel like like about that big. But you know what? I'm going to wear the shirt. You have to wear the shirt. I have never heard that vision ever spoken that way before. Never. But Lord, I said, Lord... I'll wear the shirt. Wear the shirt. Amen. For this age. I just was just, I was just pondering as he, as brother Wayne opened that and he, he mentioned something about the, the, uh, I can't remember even what triggered my mind to it, but the astronaut age and I was just thinking, he was talking about maybe in the heavens and the earth and the stars and darkness. And I was thinking my back in 65, brother Branham spoke a lot about countdown and the astronaut age and so on and so forth. And back then it was like the elite, the elite blasted forth. It was the, there was a special, very small amount of people that were blasting forth. He was typing, we're in the astronaut age. You know that? You read it? Right. But there was very few people that went. Right? We said, but this is the age. But now, now, who's going to space right now? Natural type spiritual. Who's going to space right now? Who just went to space? Right. But, but who is he? He's just a common man. He's just a businessman. He, he's not some special elite astronaut. I tell you, you're not just, you're not just some one specific. Brother Branham was there, the elite blasting into the age. But here now, at this time, natural and spiritual, you, Joey, are blasting. It's now time for us to reach that level, those heights. Not just for Brother Branham to reach out there as Brother, Brother Wayne, Brother David, and preachers. It's now your time. Get in the capsule and blast off. Walk out of here, never the same again, Tyler. Amen. I was so sobered at the at the confession, as Brother Tommy was just speaking to Brother Wayne, at the confession. And then actually listening to her parents and losing her healing. I, we should take that to heart. And you've said things, you've confessed things, you've believed for things. Do not under any circumstance lose your confession. Never. That's why if you have to write it on the shoe, do that. Because it will help you remember it. What was confessed. Do not. Who ever. Would you ever have wanted to lose. Do you think she would ever want to lose her healing? To lose her healing? Never. But just, just by listening to your friend. Just by listening to an unbeliever. Just by listening to the thoughts of the enemy. Just by listening and letting that seed of doubt dissipates all the victory that you had hold on to your confession with a firm grip of faith so that like David's mighty men his hand cleaved to his sword and they couldn't pull it off may that be your confession hold on to it that your hand cannot be cleaved off of it and your hand is in a firm grip like this unable to open the confessions trapped by your faith never to leave amen amen I do want to thank everybody. I could mention names because 
but I would miss them. But I know there's all back there and they're all up there. You're going to see them all. They're all there. I know it was a different load as well because we couldn't help from the Canadian side and Linda helping him. And so brothers and sisters from this side had to carry the big bulk of the load. You've been so faithful. We so appreciate you and what you've all done to. We, we came in trying to have a bit of a relaxed camp. Did we get there? <laughs> Did we get there? <laughs> Amen. It just, I feel that even the services allowed a lot of focus. It's allowed a lot of focus on the service. That's really all we wanted to be here for. And so I pray the Lord really met the desires of your heart, the service. Just a couple announcements before we close in prayer. I know different ones have different schedules. I know some of the Canadians, um, some are having to make their way to the borders and such. And so we'll give some time for that this afternoon. But I do want to just ask your cabins, please. Spick and span. Coming behind you to check them and to... Get them kind of turned around and and and, uh, and freshly cleaned. Will be the brothers and sisters here, and they do need maybe even a little helping hand if you're behind and want to help the uh, the cleaning crew behind. Maybe I'll have them talk to Brother Jeff or Brother Tom. That's later in the later. Um, but if you could, if you if you couldn't do that, you can do one thing: is you can actually keep your cab, get your cabin just spick and span. Amen. Spick and span, and you would help the the saints here that are carrying this load a whole lot more but Tom is needing some help for the tent as well the tent's going to be coming down soon after the service closes and so he's needing helping hand but please go to brother Tom um, and don't think well someone else is going to go to brother Tom many hands make light work and uh, so it would be really helpful if you could do that and, uh, and see brother Tom for that lunch will be right after I guess we'll be going right to baptismal service before lunch Amen. Now that's glorious. That's glorious. My goodness. I'll say it at the, I'll probably say it at the baptism, but I'll say it here as well. If it's the book of Acts and it's the Pentecost is outpouring again, they were pricked then. The same word, the same message will prick now. And it's just fulfilling scripture. That vine is pushing out and the fruits thereof are manifesting. Amen. Amen. So if you've been pricked, now is your time. If you've been pricked, it wasn't difficult. What must we do? Yeah. Repent and be baptized. All right. It was simple. It wasn't a big confusion. Well, here's here's the here's a super thick manual. Here's what you got to do when you got it figured out. Come back to me. No, that's not how it was. I'm pricked. Repent. Be baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's that simple. God didn't make it complicated for us. Amen. Amen. Did I miss anything? Honey? Chairs, all right. I don't like that one because it's like instant closure. It's gone. Everybody walks out and the chairs are gone and it just kills me. And bedding. All right. There was about 30 plus of you that had bedding. And uh, and if, if you, when you clean your cabin, you can take your bedding and just bring them to the gatehouse garage down here and we'll take care of it. So just put it back in the bag or fold her up, whichever, and bring it us, uh, bring it to the gatehouse garage right here at the entrance gates and and last and final, when we're all done, as we're closing, take your chair, fold it up, and there's the carts at the back here that we'll be able to put it down. But, but I would say, if you haven't received what you've needed, and what there's something still in your heart, don't leave until he meets it. 
don't leave. You know what would be the worst? The worst, and, and, and many have probably experienced it. You leave a service, and you're like, oh, man, I really wanted to go to the front. I really wanted prayer. And I, I've been there. You feel like you just, I, I missed that moment there. Or, you know, or just naturally, you just, oh, I really wish I did that. Don't, don't walk out of here with that. Do not walk out of here and have that thought saying, I just wish I. Camp's not over. Service not over. Amen? Capture your moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is very difficult to close, Lord. Lord, we've had such an incredible time in your word and your presence. Lord, you filled this little tent, Lord, so specially over these last several days. Filled hearts, Lord. You delivered ones, Lord, that are bound. You've released those that were under the grips of darkness. You shone a light, Lord Jesus, in areas that were so dark they could not see. But when the Son of Man with healing in His wings came, Lord, through Your Word this weekend, Lord, their eyes were opened. Lord, their bodies were changed. Lord, His sickness was driven away, Lord. By what? By Your Word. Lord, it was a Word-rich weekend. Lord, it wasn't just skim milk this week. Lord, this was deep. And I thank You that, Lord, we have eyes to see the depths that of the word that you've given in our hour. Lord, how critical it is, Lord, what, to, to be able to see and believe what, what has been spoken, Lord. Lord, to receive not just a message as we've said and as we've heard, but Lord, to receive Christ in our day. Lord, it was vital that they received Noah's message in his day. It was vital that they received Moses' message in his day. Without the blood, there was death. Without the ark, there was death. And without Christ, without the word today, there's death. So, Lord, will you come to give us life and liberty? So I pray today, someone will not leave, Lord, the grounds, will not leave the presence, will not leave without, Lord, grasping a hold of the liberty that you've shone and given us through your word through these last few days. I pray you go with your people, each one that would be going, some north, some south, different ones, visitors, Lord, flying home. Lord, I pray they go home and they take the little fire that you've deposited into their heart. And Lord, they go to their church and they become a firebrand for your word. Lord, this this isn't just for camp. This isn't just for Mount Baker. This isn't just for Cloverdale Bible Way. This is for every bride-born body, Lord. This is for the bride of Jesus Christ. So may every visitor here, may every one, Lord, go back to their church. And may the stir of your Holy Spirit, Lord, so burn, oh God, that this bride comes to her position. Lord, in such speed and such haste so that you can come and we can say, come quickly, Lord. For we desire to be in your presence continually in that heavenly realm, oh God. So, Lord, we don't close per se. We just say, go with us. May the presence that's here go with each one, Lord. And, Lord, as we would be, as we've heard about those on Emmaus. We would be like Emmaus. But Lord, maybe just a little different. We recognized who was with us, Lord. We weren't wondering and you walked with us. But we've recognized and see. And now we're going to speak about it amongst our people. We're going to speak about it to our friends. We're going to speak about it to our family. And to our loved ones that are unsaved. We'll speak, I met Jesus. And for days I was in his presence. And he changed my life. Lord, give us that boldness that those exploits, Lord, that we heard this week could be done bold and daring for your kingdom, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Go with your people. We commit ourselves to you now. Amen and amen. Amen. Another announcement.
you're hungry, there'll be lunch. I know some have maybe come on grounds. I know some brought some food for a picnic. That's fine. If you did not, there's we we have we have food for everybody that's here on grounds. Yeah, campers, just let the all those that are campers just jump in first, and then those that have come on grounds just come in behind them there, and uh, and we'll have food for everybody that's come on grounds here, spiritually fed, and now we'll naturally feed you. Amen. Amen. And we'll go straight to the baptism. This is a song that we can close on. I just feel like we need to close on a song. All right, brother, Yomi, this is for you. You're hearing me. Death hath no tears for the blood-bought one. Oh, glory, hallelujah to the Lamb. Mm. We sang this a little bit ago, and it's a good song. It's an old-fashioned song. Sing it with some old-fashioned fervor. All right? Death hath no tears for the blood-bought one. Oh, glory, hallelujah to the Lamb. Where the folks did
can say, I'm just going to walk out praising him. Amen, Joseph? I'm just going to walk praising him. Nothing else that should be on our lips. Praise his name. Worthy is his name. We heard the angels rattle heaven. We'll rattle it as we walk out and rattle hell at the same time. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. We're going to go to the baptism. Lunch thereafter. Let's continue this glorious day. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.